Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is up, Pittsburgh? Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Kale Berger here with you on a Tuesday night. Happy to be with you. Been a little bit, but uh, happy to be back in the air chair here this evening. And we got a great night of sports ahead of us. And a lot to break down with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We also have... The return of the NBA this evening, a pair of games coming up later tonight. You know I'm a huge NBA fan, NBA junkie. So, if you are a Pittsburgh NBA fan out there, we will be addressing that, diving into some of that throughout the show, sprinkled in here tonight. So, if you got big NBA takes you want to fire off for the season, if you're an NBA fan and you got something you want to get off your chest or just talk a little shop when it comes to the association, the phone lines are going to be open for you to do that at any point you want here tonight on the show. But that's just a little sampling, a little piece of what we are going to do and tackle here tonight. We got to talk Steelers, of course. A big victory, 24-17 against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. The Steelers win again out west. And now they come back here for three straight home games over the next three weeks, where sitting at 4-2 and right now, they could really make some strides here and make something special happen if they are able to capitalize on this very favorable stretch here over the next three weeks. But we're going to dive into what Mike Tomlin had to say in his press conference, as he does every Tuesday. A weird kind of jovial, joking, lighthearted Mike Tomlin, I feel like in a lot of ways here today. And Mike Tomlin is a very serious guy. We only really see him crack a smile or joke around when, you know, he is outside of that setting, outside of that element. He's talking to former players. He's talking to football guys. When he speaks to the media, though, in these press conference situations, you don't really see that from Mike Tomlin. Yet he was that kind of carefree, jovial guy here today, which kind of makes me believe that he likes the direction that this team is heading in. And so we'll dive into that here a little bit as the uh, show goes on. Also, we got to talk a little bit of Pitt. No, we won't uh, dive into and dwell on the now infamous slide on Saturday night against Wake Forest. But they have a new quarterback that's taken the helm over the next two games and a guy that I'm very impressed in. And I'll go as far as to say I'm all in on Christian Veyer, but that's a little bit later in the show. We also got some great guests lined up for you as well. Chris Carter, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Locked On Steelers podcast, joins us at 7.30. At 8.30, Noah Strackbine of Sports Illustrated does a great job covering the Steelers there. Can't wait to get his perspective. And then Noah Hiles, a friend of the show, 
friend of mine, friend of yours. He's in Charlotte right now for ACC tip-off as we get ready for, which is hard to believe, the college basketball season just a couple of weeks away. Um, he's down there right now, so we'll even get a little early preview of the Pitt Panthers and his first impressions of this squad. We know they had a not-so-secret scrimmage against Georgetown over the weekend. They were victorious in that. And they got a lot of new faces, but also some returning guys for the first time in a while from a team that went to the NCAA tournament last year and played on the second weekend. So there is still some optimism and excitement about this Pitt team that last year wasn't just a flash in the pan. We'll get those observations from Noah Hiles coming up at 9.30 later on the show as well. And as always, the number is 412-928-9370 if you want to join the conversation and share your opinions with me here on the show as well. We got Joel Nelson, Seth Davis producing behind the glass. Uh, I know they're both big NBA guys, so we'll dive into that with them a little bit later in the show as well as, you know, I'm giddy, man. I love the NBA. It's back tonight with two games. We'll get to see Shaq, Kenny, Charles, you know, Ernie. We get the whole crew back tonight as well. Um, so looking forward to the NBA returning, but let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. As I mentioned, 24 to 17 victory on Sunday, especially an impressive second half. They rally from behind to beat the Rams at SoFi Stadium. The offense has signs of life. They scored three touchdowns. I didn't think that was something they were even capable of. I thought it was a foreign language to them that they could have the audacity to score three touchdowns in a game. But that is what they were able to do. So they get that victory over the Rams. They sit at 4-2 and two right now, uh, tied with the Browns at 4-2 and two in terms of record. The Ravens have a game in hand at 5-2 and two as they haven't had their bye yet. But the Steelers right now are sitting second in the AFC North division. And I think my biggest question, and I'm not sure if it's even something that is going to be fleshed out here over the next three games because they are going to play the Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, and the Green Bay Packers over the next three weeks at home. And my question that I'm asking internally, asking myself, but also asking you out there, and would love for your opinions on this, you can also tweet me at Kale underscore Burger as well. Are the Steelers good, or how good are the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know, you look at what they have done to this point this season. Obviously, things started off very, very bleak. 30-7, thumped at home. They finally got that elusive home season opener, and they get their ass beat by the San Francisco 49ers. Game two, they come back and win a close one, 26-22 against the Cleveland Browns, who record-wise, at the moment, look like a pretty good football team. Then they go out to Las Vegas and defeat the Raiders 23-18, a bad football team. After that, they remain on the road. They go to Houston, Texas, and they fall to the Texans, who are now sitting at 3-3. Three and three. They fall to them into a margin of 30-6, to six, their second time this season to that point where they had scored single digits and the opponent got 30 on them. But since then, they've won two straight, one against division rival in Baltimore at home, and then they go on the West Coast again, this time with a seven-point victory against the Rams on Sunday. The Rams, a team with certainly Super Bowl playoff aspirations, 
And obviously, that is a very similar uh, way you could describe the Baltimore Ravens as well. So they're 4-2. That has been the story of the season thus far. Their next three games are against, okay, a Jacksonville team that has Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and Josh Allen wreaking havoc on quarterbacks, not the other way around. The quarterback, Josh Allen, wreaking havoc on defenses. He's been a great pass rusher for them and is coming to his own this season. Trevor Lawrence has really started to emerge. So the Jaguars look like a pretty good team. And it's going to be a test for the Steelers. Not that they haven't beaten good teams already this season. But then you look at Tennessee and Green Bay. Tennessee is a dumpster fire right now. They are going to be selling off assets here. We even heard talk over the last couple of days about Derrick Henry potentially being shopped by them. And then you have the Green Bay Packers, who currently sit right now at 2-4. and four. They're 1-3 and three as a road team this year. And Jordan Love, even though like week one and two he looked pretty good, he has fallen back to earth significantly and looks like they might have to go back to the drawing board there. He is not turning into the quarterback they hoped he would be in replacing Aaron Rodgers. I see a lot of things that I like out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We obviously know what the negatives are, and those have been well-documented, broken down endlessly on this very radio station. Offense has been, for much of the season, an absolute train wreck. They have had situations in games where they have been thoroughly outcoached. They've had other instances where Mike Tomlin has done the outcoaching. At times, Kenny Pickett specifically has looked lost and in disarray. Then you have instances like the second half on Sunday where he looked like that first-round quarterback that they selected. He was tremendous. He was sensational. And we'll talk about Kenny Pickett and how he excels in those high-pressure situations and some of the kudos and praise he's getting both internally and externally in about an hour from now as well. You know, one thing that stood out to me on Sunday was the way that Mike Tomlin was able to, I thought, put on a really good coaching performance. For the first time in a while, it looked like they had a clear game plan and they were able to execute it successfully. It didn't look like one of those games where they just came out seemingly with the concept in their heads that our guys are better than your guys and we're going to try and win straight up. We've seen how that has played out for them, not only this season, but in the past as well. And certainly, that did not go their way against the Houston Texans. They got thoroughly out-schemed in that game. But Mike Tomlin had a plan that they wanted to execute. Number one, they wanted to shut down Aaron Donald on the defensive side and not let him impact this game, uh, take over this game. Certainly, he has that definition of a, a game wrecker throughout his career. He wasn't able to do that. On the other side of the field, they wanted to shut down Cooper Cup. It is well documented how phenomenal of a receiver Cooper Cup has been and how consistent he has been throughout his career. But he was basically a non-factor against the Steelers. I got to give props, kudos, the flowers to Mike Tomlin for that. They had a game plan out there that they executed to perfection to shut down those two guys and make other guys beat them. Now, that being said... Puka Nakua still caught like 150 yards and a bunch of passes. He was still an absolute problem. And that has been something that has been kind of a trend this season for the Steelers is a lot of wide receivers have balled out on them. 
whether it's Ayuk, Devontae Adams, and then now the newest young star in the NFL, Puka Nakua, had a very big game. But I think they went into that matchup on Sunday saying, we're going to let Puka Nakua beat us, and if he does, he does. But we're not going to let Cooper Cup, the proven known commodity over there, do what he has done to so many other teams. You know, defensively, it's the way that they've been using Minka Fitzpatrick. And, you know, offensively, they finally seem like they've gotten this running game clicking to an extent. I don't know what was said to Najee Harris. I don't know what they did to get Najee Harris to, you know, kind of start playing like the guy that many of us expected and the Steelers need him to be. I know he only rushed for 14 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown, but it looked like Najee was hitting the holes, playing with a sense of urgency, playing with a purpose more so than we've seen in the past. Jalen Warren continued to do what he does in his third down back role. And ultimately, the quarterback, although he threw for no touchdowns, was very impressive, especially in the second half. Those are a lot of things to like about what you've seen from the Steelers. On the flip side, there have been the negatives. The games where they've been thoroughly out-schemed and out-coached. We cannot look at the second half of this game in a vacuum and completely ignore and disregard the first half because it was putrid once again on offense. They have had times where they've been carved up defensively. But maybe another one of those positives you can look at is that what the Rams tried to do was take away T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. Kudos to T.J. Watt. He still found a way to impact the game. That's what makes him one of the, if not the best defensive player in the NFL. A lot of talk on this station today about him potentially being the best Steelers defensive player in team history. We can have that discussion later in the show. But the Rams tried to scheme those guys away because they have been so disruptive in game wrecking this year. And other guys were able to step up. They put others in position to be able to succeed, and those guys made plays. Dan Moore Jr. showed signs of life. A much maligned offensive tackle who was hurt, and Broderick Jones, his replacement came in and was sensational. They made the asinine decision of moving Broderick Jones back to the bench, but you know what? Dan Moore Jr. played a good game. So what I'm getting at here with this Steelers team is I don't know what to think about them. What I can tell you is this. This team plays hard. Mike Tomlin gets the most out of them in that regard. They want to play for Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin, I think, has shown to this point the type of motivator that he is in galvanizing his troops and getting his players to play to their full potential. I think we are seeing that this season because I do not think that the Steelers are a tremendous team, a Super Bowl contender, anything like that. I kind of fell into that training camp trap or, you know, what they call with the Pirates, they call bucko fever. I don't know what you call the equivalent for when the Steelers are in training camp in Latrobe. But I got that optimism, and I got bit by that bug early on prior to the season. And then we started to see them play games against the Niners and the Texans and stuff like that. And I said, oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. But then you look at their record right now and they're 4-2. and two, Playing arguably their best two quarters of football of the season. But then you put it back to the other side and Brett Maher 
Myher, whatever his name is, who got cut by the Rams, missed two field goals and an extra point that were the difference in this game. So clearly this is very nuanced. And at this juncture right now, even though we're six games in, I don't know what to make of the Steelers. And maybe you are feeling that same way as well. Or maybe you have a definitive feeling. Maybe you've made a decision on the Steelers. And you can share that at 412-928-9370. But what I will say right now is they are playing with a purpose. Mike Tomlin, to his credit, is getting the most out of this team right now in terms of galvanizing them, motivating them. And they are playing hard. And I think that that is what puts them not with the elites of the NFL, not in that upper echelon, but with the 12 to 14, maybe even 17 teams that are just kind of mediocre, and you look at them in the middle of the stand, and you think, what the hell are these guys? In that hodgepodge in the middle, I think the Steelers are at the top of that. But what does that mean for them, and is that enough for them to really make noise and potentially get back to the postseason and I don't think that we'll have a definitive answer after these next three games either. As much as it, is, as it is an advantageous slate of games for them coming up here, it probably really won't give us any more of a definitive answer about them given that two out of three of those teams aren't very good and the other one, I feel like they're in that same category as the Steelers in that hodgepodge of, hmm, I don't know, you know, you kind of shrug at them. Who knows what they are? I think the Jags and the Steelers are higher up in that tier. But we really don't know still. Are the Steelers a good football team? Or are the Steelers masquerading as one? You know, obviously it's Halloween season. It's getting to the end of October. Are the Steelers just tricking us all? Do they have an elaborate, outstanding Halloween costume? And in reality, they're not that good at all. 412-928-9370. That is the phone number to call. That's also the fan text line, which is brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. More to come here on the show tonight. As I said, at 7.30, Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Locked On Steelers podcast joins us. We'll dive into that with him. Uh, it's also a week from the NFL trade deadline. Feels like it's come up a lot sooner than we expected, but... It's that time of the season, of the schedule, to think, do the Steelers add? Do they ship someone off? There have been a couple suggestions, and we'll dive into those at some point. Even ask Chris and Noah Strackbine of Sports Illustrated that as well. Coming up next, we'll take your phone calls. We'll parse this out with the Steelers a little bit more, and then at 7 o'clock, Kenny Pickett. He's excelling in those toughest situations and he's getting praise internally and externally. And that's why I'm excited about this quarterback in his second season. Right now, we got a Joel Nelson headline, and then your phone call is coming up next. It's Kale Berger and 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You can follow the fan on Twitter at 937thefan, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township. You can also check them out online at southhillsjeep.com. Kale Berger back with you here on a Tuesday night. We got a lot to get to. We got Game 7. Coming up uh, later this evening, Philadelphia. Hard to believe it is the first Game 7 in the history of the Phillies. I saw that on social media earlier today. They've been around for like 148 years or something. And uh, the first one is coming up later tonight. Uh, We also have the return of the NBA. If you know me, you know I'm a big, massive, diehard NBA fan. Uh, It has been a lifelong sport that I have loved. A huge basketball junkie, and I know my NBA fellow NBA fans in this city are are few, um, but we are certainly passionate. So if you're out there listening here tonight, I would love to hear from you on that. Uh, just fire off those NBA takes. We'll mix them in as we go, and uh, would love to hear from you on that front. But four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. We're talking Steelers here right now, and. I don't know what to make of this team. They're four and two. The old adage is, you know, your record is what your record is, or you are what your record says you are, is actually how it's supposed to be pronounced or enunciated. You are what your record says you are. And the Steelers are four and two right now. That's a good place to be. They've won two straight. And now they have a pretty favorable stretch of games, three home games. Two of them against opponents that look really bad right now. Certainly worse than the Steelers in that group of teams in the NFL where we're just kind of all scratching our head to figure out what are they. The Jaguars are another one of those teams that's more in the upper echelon with the Steelers in that regard. And that's who they face off against this coming Sunday. But I'm curious of what your thoughts of the Steelers are right now. What are your opinions of this football team? And do you think that they are a good team that's just going to continue to stack wins and is really starting to hit their stride? Or is this all fool's gold and during this time of of Halloweens and trick-or-treating that we're all getting tricked and they're eventually going to fall back to earth and probably be another one of those mediocre 8-9, and 9-8 Steelers teams we've come to expect over recent years? Let's go to Gino in Monroeville. He's got thoughts on the Steelers. Gino, how you doing? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, Cal, thanks for having me. Uh, just a quick comment. I am going to go the other way and say I think that the Steelers have been masquerading as a bad team, meaning I think the Steelers 
on paper are so much better than what we've seen so far this year. I know we all had our um, our, our our preseason hopes, but I do think if you look at them on paper and what their potential can be, that this team is actually underachieving. Uh, and so I just have a funny feeling that they're going to turn things around. And uh, and I just wanted to know and, what you thought about uh, yeah, that. Yeah, turn things around in the wrong direction. Um, well, do you, so you're putting more stock in those two just beatdowns they took at the hands of the Niners and the Texans. You think that that is more indicative of who this team actually is than the four you know, one-score victories that they've had? No, I think this team can be better. I'm not saying they have been. I'm saying I think they can be and will be. Um, I don't think what we've seen so far, even in the victories, because let's face it, they haven't looked all that great even in the victories. Yeah. I think this is an underachieving team right now that can certainly up their game, and I, and I do I do have the expectations that they will. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, Gino. I appreciate the call. was misinterpreting what he was saying there. So he doesn't think that they are a team that is – you know, playing above their pay grade or, or overachieving of what they are. He thinks that they are a team that is going to continue to to rise through the standings and continue to approve, that they're on that upward trajectory. I tend to agree with that. Now, what we saw in the second half on Sunday, by all accounts, based on recent history and what we've seen in three years of Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator, that offensive performance at the end of that game was a flash in the pan. By all accounts. That being said, the optimist in me says, well, maybe something's been unlocked and maybe they figured something out and they can now build off of this. That's, of course, what we all want. Now, to this point, I wouldn't say that they've been masquerading as a mediocre team in the sense that, you know, four and two is not a good record because it is. If you're four and two right now, the only thing you could potentially be masquerading as is a team way better than you actually are. If they're 4-2 and two and you're a believer, then they've been doing to this point exactly what you thought they would be. Let's go to Michael and Moon. He actually wants to uh, chime in on the trade deadline, which is just a week away. Michael, how you doing? Hello. What's up? Um, so, uh, your previous guy... I- I kind of tend to um, go with him about they haven't risen to their potential. Um, also, though, I'm wondering about like some of these teams that are um, are, are ripe for a fire sale. Yeah, and they were talking about Minnesota uh, being one, maybe until that last uh, that last that win last night. Uh, because they look pretty darn good. But uh, people were talking about Minnesota in that realm. And, uh, see, I I would love to see them get a guy like Jordan Addison. Even, you know, though, you know, we have two pretty good wide receivers, his chemistry with Pickett was great at at Pitt. Well, so you're saying that you um, want the – the Vikings aren't going to trade Jordan Addison. If that's what you're yeah, suggesting, I, I, I would I said I would like to see that. Oh, I mean, but listen, I'd rather I I'd love I for the Steelers is, to uh, make a trade for Patrick Mahomes. They can have Kenny. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, all right, I, I I get that, but but what I mean is, 
there are, you know, like Green Bay, um, they have, you know, some, some talented receivers on that team. There, I'd like to see them get another good receiver. Well, so like what if they don't go receiver, but if it's in that same kind of realm? What I saw uh, proposed today was potentially the Steelers making a trade for Zach Ertz, the tight end Zachary, who, yeah. of course, was with the Eagles. Now he's with the Cardinals. He hasn't. He's kind of fallen out of favor there where they've gone to a younger guy more and more each week. He's 33 years old, and the Steelers have an injury with their starting tight end in Pat Fryermuth. Could I interest and, you and in I Zach think, Ertz to help things out? I, and I think that might that would that I would like that, okay, because you know he does bring experience. He brings um, some depth, and he you know and 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 you know he's he's definitely has a pretty good reputation um, as a team guy. You yeah. Know, so yeah, Michael, uh, I I, yeah, I, that, yeah, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you so much. That's what I saw that was proposed today. Um, not necessarily to the Steelers, but that Zach Ertz would be on the trading block. You know, I don't know that I'm sold on Zach Ertz being this great answer for the Steelers. Um, like I said, he is 33. He has been playing less and less for the Cardinals of late. The Steelers do have an injury at, at tight end with Pat Fryermuth. The problem is, is they're not really utilizing the tight end all that much to begin with. They weren't when Fryermuth was healthy. And they really aren't now. I mean, they do have one or two plays a game where they find a way, even when Fryermuth is available, to get it to Connor Hayward. He is now assuming a larger role in terms of those uh, pass-catching opportunities. They like to get him the football. We saw a great screen pass that was called on Sunday by Matt Canada to, to Connor Hayward. But that's not a big part of this offense. That doesn't mean that it shouldn't be. Like, I absolutely think they should find a way to get the tight end more involved, and that would be helpful and beneficial to Kenny Pickett. One of my big gripes with the Steelers' offense is that everything is on the fringes, the perimeter, on the sidelines, one-on-one matchups. And one-on-one matchups are great, especially when you have a guy like George Pickens who's so adept in those situations, but you also need to find a way where you can schematically open things up. You're running this route to clear things open for this second route, or this route is being run this way initially, and then we'll run something off of that to completely confuse the secondary. We're not seeing a ton of that. It's like, George Pickens, run this back shoulder fade. George Pickens, run this slant. Deontay, here's a hitch. Here's a curl route or a comeback. Like, that's what they run in terms of their passing game. There's not a lot of complimentary stuff. I mean, one thing that hurt the Steelers so much on Sunday from this Puka Nakua guy was all of the crossing routes, the drags, simply stuff where he runs three yards and then makes a beeline to the opposite sideline and outruns the cornerback. It especially works on an aging guy like Patrick Peterson and a guy who's not all that good in Levi Wallace. The Steelers would be very wise and smart to implement some of those things. You get George Pickens, who's got speed, running that way into open territory, an easy throw for Kenny Pickett, and then George Pickens can try and run somebody over, or George Pickens can try and, you know, get physical with the football in his hand in space, or a similar thing with Deontay Johnson where he's so shifty and elusive. That would be a great concept for them to adapt, uh, to adopt. But I don't know that I love the addition of Zach Ertz and trading a late-round pick, regardless of what it is, just because they're not using the tight ends they have now. 
They weren't using Fryermuth when he was healthy. So what's it really gaining you to bring in Zach Ertz? Yeah, he's got veteran savvy and, you know, that all that kind of stuff. But what's the point? Because tight ends aren't a big part of this team's offensive game plan to begin with, really. So the Steelers have decisions to make. And we have a decision to make about the Steelers ourselves. They're 4-2. and two, But I don't think anyone really has a definitive answer if they're good or not, especially us in the media. We look at this team, we cover this team every day, and we wonder to ourselves, like, what are they really? And I'm not sure that's something that's really going to flesh itself out here over the next couple of games. Let's quickly go to Mike here before we uh, take this break here and get to the top of the hour. Mike, thanks for calling the show. What's up, brother? Hello. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I've been hearing a big rumor Najee Harris is still going to trade in for some draft picks or for another player, maybe a better player than him. I think the Steelers at 4-2 and two is decent. Uh, I think they should have lost a game to Baltimore when they played. And Baltimore's receivers dropped everything thrown to them. And, and, uh, and uh, Harbaugh wasn't exactly coaching his best game, which he never seems yeah. to do against Steelers. And, and I think when the Steelers start playing better teams, they're going to start losing. The defense can't stay on the field all day. The defense is what makes the Steelers good. Yeah. They have an outstanding defense, and the Steelers' offense is very lackluster, man. It is bad. Yeah, I would they agree with that. They came down and did something at the end of two two uh, games, and I think that uh, they're not going to be able to do that against some decent teams. Yeah. I got Kansas City winning the Super Bowl again, too. I, I, you have a good day, man. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. I like the throwing the uh, Super Bowl prediction in there, and it's probably not a bad one. As for Najee Harris trade rumors, they're not trading him. Mike Tomlin's in love with the guy. It's clearly why they don't play Jalen Warren more. Now, Jalen Warren has earned more opportunities, but he's not going to shy away from Najee. Najee's his guy. He likes Najee in that locker room. He thinks Najee can be a leader, all those type of things. And you're not going to get another player, certainly not going to get another running back for Najee Harris. You're not going to get another player that makes you any better for Najee. You're not going to get a bunch of great draft picks. And you only have one running back right now if you trade Najee. You just have Jalen Warren. So you'd have to find somebody else off the scrap heap or make another trade. They're not going to do that. Uh, as much as Najee has been a, I think, an underachieving first-round pick for this team, um, there's no getting out of that. And if I had to guess, I probably think they'll extend him or pick up that final year on his contract. Not extend him, but they're definitely picking up that fifth-year option on him. You know, as for when the point Mike makes about the Steelers when they start to play some better teams, like we will not have an answer, I think, anytime soon, unless they start beating teams forty-two to nothing of how good they really are, because the next three games I don't think are very good barometers to decide what they truly are. The one barometer we have right now is that when they play a really good team, and this is not a the this is not a this year thing, this is a recent years thing. When they play a good team, they get their butts kicked. Whether that's been Philadelphia, Buffalo, or San Francisco in the season opener this year. They've gotten beaten by a significant margin. They also have a game in there where they lost to what I think is an inferior opponent in Houston. But it seems like all of these games against teams that are in a similar position in the NFL hierarchy as they are, 
in those close, narrow, coin flip type of games, the Steelers win them. I do think that is something to their credit. Any given Sunday, that sort of stuff. I mean, we've seen the Jets beat teams. We've seen you know, Miami get beat by someone we didn't think they'd win. We, we saw San Francisco beat get beat again last night by an underachieving Minnesota Vikings team. Any given Sunday, you can win or lose. So to have that ability to win those coin flip games more often than not, I do think that is a feather in their cap. 412-928-9370. We'll continue to take your calls on this topic. We'll dive more into Kenny Pickett here coming up at 7 o'clock hour as well. But I had a bizarre thing happen to me uh, about an hour ago, right before the show. Went to go get a snack from the vending machine, and I don't even know how to explain what happened to me. We'll talk about that and maybe a little bit of that NBA as well. Coming up next, it's Kale Berger on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Fan Hotline is presented by Nemecolon. Around every corner, Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. Kilberger back with you here. Also want to tell you about PetFest 23, presented by Subaru. And it's coming to Stage AE this Saturday. Trainers, vets, artists, an agility course for your dogs, if you uh, have a dog of the athletic kind. And it's never too early to get those photos with Santa with your pet as well. Visit any local Subaru dealer for free tickets. PetFest 23 is brought to you by JP Roofing and Siding, Tri-State Office Furniture, and Wolfgang Bakery and Grooming. So if you're a pet lover, a dog lover, get down to PetFest on Saturday. Happening most of the afternoon. All kind of stuff there. An awesome event and a great opportunity to do some great things for your pooch. They're a part of the family in a lot of ways now. So... Pamper them, get them down to Pet Fest. It's going to be a great time. A lot of great vendors and activities uh, this Saturday. I got to tell you about this insanely bizarre thing that happened to me about an hour ago when I was getting ready for the show. Needed a little pick-me-up, so I went to the vending machine here in the office. Only had a $5 bill in the wallet, so I insert the $5 bill to try and get myself a Gatorade. Machine's not working. It's not vending. So they're like, all right, we'll give you your money back. But they give back to me in change. I reach into the coin retrieval door. And I find not quarters, but $5 coins. I'm talking like, I mean, these aren't silver, but like literally dollar coins. On the back, they have an eagle, United States of America, and it says $1. Now, I knew these existed. I knew they were legal tender. 
But why is the vending machine at 93.7 The Fan giving out dollar coins as change? <laughs> and like, I didn't even think these were in rotation. I know they are legal tender, but these are one of those things your grandfather gives you. They're not something you go out and you get in public when you're looking for coins instead of your dollars or your $5 bills. But that's not a, that's not the only thing about this. Because here's the funny thing about this. I got this from a vending machine. There's no way a vending machine would accept these. If I try to put these in the coin slot of any vending machine in America, it's not going to accept them. Even though they're legal tender, I just know how vending machines are. But the other thing is, I know that these have Sacagawea on them. Okay? That was a change I made like a decade ago. Sacagawea was the Native American what, basically, travel guide for Lewis and Clark. I think that's where we were taught in school, right? I mean, she was their navigator when they were exploring the Louisiana Purchase. A very pivotal figure in American history. Sacagawea is on three of these. I was more surprised by the historical figures that appeared on the other two. One has John Quincy Adams. What, he's like our fifth president, I think? Third? Fourth. Whatever. He's in the top five. John Quincy Adams is on the one. The other one really surprised me even more. One of these coins has President Richard Nixon on it. Yes, a president that was impeached that left office after the Watergate scandal. I didn't know he was on money. But apparently he's on dollar coins. The famous guy that said, I am not a crook, Richard Nixon. He is on uh, <laughs> this piece of U.S. currency I got from the vending machine at 93.7 The Fan. This I'm suspicious of this. I knew that Sacagawea was on it. I had a feeling John Quincy Adams, that makes sense. Richard Nixon probably shouldn't be on any of our currency. And the fact that he is, maybe we have counterfeit coins in the vending machine here. Someone should probably take a look at that. Very bizarre, and now I feel like I'm stuck with these and I can't spend them. I should just go to, like, an actual store. I should go to Getco or Sheets on the way home and try to purchase something with these coins. The guy's gonna, the person's gonna look at me and be like, "No, you cannot pay for your snack wrap with dollar coins." Sorry, sir. I know they're legal tender. We're not taking them. Just absolutely bizarre and hilarious at the same time. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 